0: Greetings from Quartzsite, Arizona, where I am after being stranded for a month in uh, Grand Canyon. And I'm here with my friend Mike. One of the things I said I would do is introduce you guys, the podcast, the audio podcast guys, to the guys that uh, we did the video with, Peter Santanello. And Mike had the big white bus. So I I guess we're going to call you Big White Bus Mike. Mike the bus guy, that works too. (laughs) Okay, good. And we're going to... What we're going to do is what, you know, how can I say this? We um, we spend a lot of time talking about systems and people and things and the whole, you know, structure of Nomad Life. And I don't expect that we can capture that in this podcast, but we're going to talk about some of that stuff. We'll talk about some of the reaction to uh, the Peter Santinello video, blah, 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 blah. In Back in Quartzsite, I should say, Back at home, right? Back at Quartzsite again. Podcast eleven eighteen, the Bob Davis podcasts. I I was gonna do. I'm not gonna do it in this podcast because I, uh, uh, it's too. We're just. We have. If you could see this setup, it's insane. I mean, one mic is sitting on a on a crate, a milk crate. The other one is sitting on the floor. There's wires everywhere. We're in the truck because it's. We wanted to do it outside, but it's too windy and so uh, i'm gonna forego grabbing my phone and getting all the people that have that have contributed to the bob davis podcast recently i'll do that at some point uh, probably the next podcast because i have one more to do before the end of october which of course is going to be the commemorative three years on the road starting the fourth year nomad life uh podcast that's coming up after this one 11:19, which i haven't done yet so i'll do that later uh, but we're going to forego that But I am going to mention 36 the Independently owned and operated refueling station In South Minneapolis at 36th Street South And Lindley Avenue South Why? Because I am a big fan Of uh, independent refueling station And you know Well Well, we got one down here, the Arco Which mm-hmm. is actually on the reservation right? right? The crit right. reservation yep. And they have, literally It's almost a dollar cheaper than the 76 Now you got a special deal with the 76 For ice and monsters So we're going to let that go but the, I mean, it's it's for something like oh no, it's four thirty nine down there right now. That's not bad. Well, it's great compared to compared. It's five. What is it? Five thirty one or five, five I uh, 50 I think it something. It was like
1: five thirty nine yesterday at
0: Pilot, and I, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. So what's the difference? Independent operators can get a better deal on fuel. Now in the case of the res, they can they don't charge federal tax or they do. Sometimes they jack it up depending on the res, but. uh they're very competitive in price, and that's why 36 Lin is a great choice in Minneapolis-St. Paul, because they are an independently owned and operated refueling station. One of the things you'll notice, and I'm not going to go on and on about it too much, but oil prices are, uh, are moderating now between about 88 and about 86. They were as low as 76 this summer, but distillates and all fuels are, are actually going down because demand is going down, so... Uh, that means that you can get lower fuel prices if you go to an independently owned and operated and operator because uh, there may be more oil out there than we are being told so i'll just leave it at that three six lynn the independently owned and operated refueling station in south minneapolis the store is the thing they got peace coffee they got great candy they got locally sourced items food you know the kind of food we all love you know burritos and stuff like that <laughs> and, and it's great check them out get a cup of coffee say hello three six lynn and check them out online at 36 lincom Better yet, just go to their Instagram feed. It's 36 lin, And they have a great sense of humor. They're nuts. And I love them. I should start by saying, when we last joined Our Hero, we were out here in the desert. Now, one of the things you don't know about Mike is, Mike has been here all summer. Throughout the... What was the highest temperature that, that, that we got
1: 117, to? 117, I think, was the highest recorded temperature. Here? And yeah,
0: here. And wow. What, what is want... that
1: like? Well, I now know what a turkey feels like when it's roasting in the oven. <laughs> Let's just put it like that.
0: And, and you go to a park. We won't say which one, but you go to uh, an RV park, and you got kind of a deal there a little bit. But you, you, it, it, it costs money. Uh, but you have a window air conditioner you put in the bus. I
1: do, but with it being so hot and dry out here, the problem was is those things were shutting off midday, and they weren't doing anything for us. And that was everybody. So really? It, yeah, everybody was suffering this year
0: he has been here this entire time and uh the last time we, we you guys would have had any knowledge or or awareness of mike would have been in the peter santanella video you were napping in the bus with um with cujo the dog <laughs> yes <laughs> which bit me that's the second time she's attacked. Ugh, and i'm still sorry about oh uh, and and then uno which is the dog of love that that is a great dog and now i can't hang out with uno anymore because source is in the way but uh we'll have to work that we'll
1: work out. that out we'll figure that
0: out peter santinel showed up and then uh he was doing he was i'm trying to figure out how to do a video or doing a video he he's very low-key very low-key and and robert recon- he knew that he was a youtube guy i had no idea who he was he wanted to see some rigs. So he saw the ambulance and then we talked about the podcast. Robert showed him what he was doing. He, Tom wouldn't talk to him. Tom, we're camping with Tom. Tom
1: doesn't talk to anybody.
0: No. And and, and it was funny because he goes, do you think Tom would talk to me? I go, no. So he goes, you know, hey, do you want to talk to me? And Tom's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was no no extra language. Absolutely not. Mike was asleep in the bus and we went over and banged on the door of the bus and he gets up. He had no idea. So So then you come out and we start doing our video.
1: Yep, and I had no idea what was going on. Otherwise, other than you telling me, "Oh, we're making a video," had I known, I probably would have been like Tom.
0: Well, you were the one that came out about two days later, and you go, "Hey guys, this guy has a million subscribers. <laughs> we're gonna be in a lot of trouble." <laughs> Little did I know, you got um, you got a lot of response in town. I got some response
1: in town, some good, some bad, you know, because I kind of did throw the town under the bus a little bit in terms of issues. But it wasn't meant in a bad way because one thing you need to know about Courtside is not everybody's bad. There's a lot of great people here. It's a wonderful small town. And the atmosphere here, you can't find it anywhere else. No. I mean, there's nowhere else on Earth like this.
0: Yeah, and we'll talk about the weird mixture of of people, but go ahead. Nice little town.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful town. And this is now home. I mean... I look back at my city life and I wonder, why did I even try to stay there for any length of time? Because there was nothing there that interested me. There was nobody there I could connect with. The neighbors didn't know each other. It was always packed. Activity everywhere. Your mind never stops. Here you can back off a little bit, collect your thoughts, process information, and that's a beautiful feeling.
0: Yeah. It, 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 there's something about well, I think I certainly believe and we've talked about this. We're actually on a different time process. We process time differently oh, yeah. uh, than most than most people. So we were able to really consider and think about things a lot, and and some people would say, "Well, that's because you're, you're sitting out there and doing anything." I mean, you're doing stuff at the food shelf. You you got a lot of activities. I'm doing all these. I mean, everybody has stuff to do, but it's just it feels different. The time feels different. Is I guess what I'm trying to say. I
1: keep telling everybody, I have two times. I have daytime and nighttime. <laughs> none of, none of the rest of it matters.
0: So you came on and we started talking about stuff. We And really what we were doing is throwing. we were just throwing out a lot. We were having a good time throwing stuff out. Robert kind of got the crazy ball rolling with uh, his comments about van life, women. And uh, we said a bunch of other stuff, which we don't need to revisit here. Uh, if you have seen the Peter Sentinel videos of all three of us out there, then you know what, what, what exactly I'm talking about. But... Uh, it it sort of kicks off this whole concept and discussion of 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 nomad life with some some people now you've been do, how long have you been doing this
1: off and on for about this will be my eighteenth year out here I've gone back to the city for a couple stints to be with family, but I've never really felt at home anywhere but out here yeah um started on the east coast ran the southern border found this place, and never left <laughs> Well now you're a resident of Arizona too. I am Tell and Laposa South.
0: Yeah that's uh, that, that's right you're a, an official resident of one of the LTVAs here yes um, which is kind of amazing that people can do that but but that is your address Yeah absolutely Laposa South. What if they send you mail?
1: You have to have a PO box in conjunction uh, with that but your physical address can literally be an LTVA. As long as you have Tyson a bush
0: or yeah, North or West, which yep. are down the way, and then there's a well. What is it? Roadrunner up the
1: road Roadrunner is a BLM, but I don't know if they let you use that because you have to have the receipt from your uh, your seasonal pass in order to qualify for that. Well,
0: what if you have a sticker in the window? You still have to have the receipt. Yeah, you still have to have a receipt. We one of the things we don't understand are be that we theorize that there is a there is a three ring binder, maybe two. That's about five inches wide that uh, contains all the rules for the blm none of, nobody ever reads all the rules like the guys that run it i don't i don't know how they even know No, i don't doing. think they read the rules either because
1: every time you ask one of them it's a different you know a different perspective
0: and then we have a guy here we we've developed context. we we have friends in high places but we have a guy <laughs> here who kind of helps us with the uh, stuff we've we've gotten to know him really well we won't say his name because i don't want to get him into trouble but he lets us know. Listen, this is what you need to do. He knows how to work the system, and uh, he, it's just funny because there's a lot of vets out here too. You're a vet. Uh, this dude is a vet, and there's and and they have a different view of government than they actually understand how the government works. Or do we? <laughs> <laughs> well, these government agencies, you know, they. they you know, I was I was stuck in Grand uh, the Grand Canyon for a long time, and even though it's a commercial organization that provides services, which is the old Fred Harvey Company, it's now called Zanterra. Okay, um, and it's X A N, not Z A N. Uh, they they just have their way of operating, and they're great. The people up there are really nice, but but if, but if you need something, well, there's a process for getting it, and it isn't what you think it is, especially if you're used to quote-unquote service back in the in the world right and i think
1: there's a certain level of especially out here in like the ltbas is there is a process that you go through but if what you're doing works no one's going to bother you as long as it works yeah so it's different north is different than south and tyson wash is different than west so as long as it's working no one's going to monkey with that unless and it, something goes wrong. It
0: is true that there's a certain logic to each sort of campground. And it, and, and I have gotten a lot of questions via email through the, the website, thebobdavispodcast.com. And you've gotten a lot of questions as well. Well, how do I do this? What's it like? And I always just say, I am not going to give you advice. You know, you need to do whatever you're going to do. I have one guy, you know, wants to know about tents. Should you know? And I said, I don't think you should camp in a tent. And, and I'll tell you why. Because literally feet from us is a guy. He's an older guy. He's got his daughter with him. She's in a tent behind his really kind of cool cobbled together trailer. Oh, that is a cool trailer. And uh, she goes, oh, there's a rattlesnake uh, curled up underneath one of the tires of the of the uh, trailer. So then they pulled this rattlesnake out and they were walking around going, you know, well, here we got a rattlesnake, you know, and that's the thing about a tent. You're on the ground. Now, there's tent campers out here. I oh, yeah. I don't get it because I think it's... There's lots of critters that crawl around, scorpions, uh, rats, uh, what else? Uh, obviously, uh, the, the what was the thing? Oh, yeah, well, let's not forget snakes and tarantulas.
1: Right, right. It, it, there's a little bit of, there's less of a risk in the winter, because all that stuff hibernates in the winter. Right. But you get this early in the season, and you're asking for trouble. You leave the zipper open, and you might end up with a snake in your sleeping bag. It's not a fun experience.
0: No that's not good and my understanding is if you get bit by a rattlesnake you will not die like the movies portray and you don't want to do the take the knife and cut the x on your you know what you want to do is get to a hospital because they have to give you the test to find out which, which kind of snake. type and then they give you the antidote yes but you can't waste any time you got to go right away yeah
1: you got to go now you got to think it's 20 minutes i don't know would
0: parker Parker would be the closest. Well, we can take you in this vehicle. We just have that. We would. Well, get, yeah, absolutely. We'd have an opportunity to use lights and sirens. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! We have gotten some very interesting questions, and I think the really interesting thing is the perceptions of nomad life. I've talked about it. I, I, I'm, I'm glad you're here because you can talk about it from your perspective. That people who are contemplating it, because of the idea, the romantic idea of freedom. Which is really what we're talking about, right? Uh, are they're either afraid or curious, or and they're the kind of people they want to get as much information before they do this. You know, before I got no information, I just said I'm going, and then I heard about this place and I came. And over the years, I've learned a lot, but I didn't know anything. Rattlesnakes what do you do with a rattlesnake you know what's a desert rat what's a desert cat that's something else we'll talk we can talk about that I've talked about it before but we'll do that in the second half of this podcast well we don't really have any gardens out here now in the West they do have gardens they have you know rock gardens and stuff at people's houses but this whole place is I guess you could refer to it as garden I mean the the desert is verdant with life but it's a different kind of life especially in the winter obviously back in the world if you're in uh, minnesota uh and you are freaking out because you don't have a place to meditate or sit on it you just be and hear the wind through the trees you need some kind of a little garden and for that garden gurus is available if you already have a garden you want to get it ready next year for um you know the season then check out garden gurus they can hook you up, they are great. They do corporate stuff, they do real estate staging, which I believe is going to be very necessary in the future, very near future, and they do personal gardens. So they're great, check them out, GardenGurusMN.com. What are What's your idea about perceptions uh, of, the, of the, the world, which we would like to refer to as back in the world, the people back home, uh, that wanna do this? What's your, what are some of the questions you've gotten?
1: much like you. It's how do I do this? How do I get started? What do I need? Things of that nature. And and the answer to that is that is specific to each and every individual because how do you want to live? What do you want to do? Nobody's experience out here is going to be identical or even comparable to the next guy in the line because there's so many variables that you have to take into account when you come out into the world like this. This is... Tantamount to being a caveman with a vehicle. I mean, basically. (laughs) And I I refer to myself as a techno caveman. (laughs) You know, I I basically live like the Flintstones, but I have a really nice bus.
0: And, you know, we have our we are not savages we've had what we've had four tremendous meals no seven last, stars seven stars all <laughs> of them. and they were simple they were like uh, well we had the bacon and eggs with the well first we had the baked potatoes with the london broil that was is, a- that's
1: absolutely it. phenomenal
0: and then we had um because what happened is our friend joni over there had i don't know eight nine ten potatoes in a box and, I, and we were like let's just bake them all so we put them in the fire baked them in the fire oh, so good And then uh, the next night, we had like two, three potatoes left over, so we sliced them up. We cooked a pound of bacon, and then we put the potatoes in the bacon grease, a little salt and pepper, Mm. and then I made eggs.
1: You have become uh, quite the camp cook. It was amazing. It It was was absolutely phenomenal.
0: exceeded my expectations beyond belief. And then yesterday, we had you had he works at the food shelf so we had a can of what the hell was that
1: oh spaghetti sauce tomato t- and, and it had everything uh, it, yeah.
0: basil everything and uh, so it's a restaurant size can and then tom over there uh, had has been a cook for 40 years so he he knows it all so we were like well should we do cook the bacon should we cook the meat on the over the fire and he goes just bring all that stuff over here i'll, I'll cook it up in an Instapot. So these are the kind of technologies that we have, right? right. He runs his Instapot off his... Um, uh, his battery bank. His Jackery.
1: Well, yeah, his Jackery. He's also got a small generator that he can use. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. So a variety of different options.
0: And after about two hours, he, he sent us a little text and said, come on over. And oh, my God, it was amazing. We had... We, I had four plates of spaghetti. <laughs> <It was laughs> How did good. you do that? Where does it go? I don't know. Well, I, <laughs> I couldn't stop eating. It was fabulous. So we we are not savages. We have great meals and uh it's it's again if people are interested in doing it because there's a romance i believe that there's first of all i think there's an ecosystem being built i think there's nodes of an ecosystem slowly but surely being built of a business ecosystem digital nomads people that are just out here you know your old uh, grandma and grandpa that have the um you know the the whatever you call the tioga or something mm-hmm. that they got their old tyco tioga out here or big class a's there's a two and well four hundred thousand dollar rv over there in the corner that guy's got a What does he have out there? A flat grill and a and a and a. uh, He's got a
1: smoker, a flat grill, a coal-fired cook area. I mean, that thing is a restaurant kitchen on the back of his. It's a
0: beast. So he's, you know, people have different levels of resources. They come out with different stuff. Um, Most people have something. I have this old ambulance. You have a bus. Tom's got a a minivan, but Tom is. uh, Tom's a very, he's got a, a cube ten, and he has resources that he, he knows exactly what he needs. So we're not here to tell you, I'm not going to tell you uh, what to do or how to do it. I think there's way too much of that. And I think what it's done is it's made people risk averse to the point of being stupid. I mean, it's just, there are risks. And oh, yeah. my sister thinks people are going to try to kill me and take my money. I don't have any money, but they, she thinks they're going to come out here and kill me and take my money. Well, that
1: goes back to what I said about having a little common sense. If you don't put yourself into a position where you're 50 miles away from God and everybody and there's a crazy guy running around with a machete next door, probably not going to be an issue. Well, if you're armed, you know. That's it, another good it, point. It, be an it, it behooves you to come out here prepared.
0: Yeah. But I couldn't. I'm not going to get into telling you what you should do or what people should do. The what draws people to this is the romantic notion of freedom that I can go wherever I want, I can do what I want, blah 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 blah. Well, you have to have some kind of, you know, you want to have some source of income or something. And uh, if people come out here with no source of income and they run out of money, well, they can't leave. So we've seen that, and that's what we were talking about in the video, and we said certain people should not be exhorting people to come out here because they think that being a nomad is the natural state of man which i disagree with no this is
1: not the natural state of man you have to want this this is this should not be something people aspire to i did this because i wanted to come out here me too i did a lot of research as far as cost of living versus cost of owning a rig and that led me to the, the life on the road but I didn't aspire to it. I found it. And I desired that for my own personal reasons.
0: Well, I always wanted to. From the day I was... From my from when I was 12 years old and I went to the auto show and there was a bunch of Dodge vans in there. Remember the candy colored? Oh, yeah. Know? Yeah. I, I was like, I got to do that. That's what I want. So when I could, I did. And... I didn't know, I mean, I didn't, you do research on stuff. I didn't do any. I just jumped in.
1: You don't necessarily have to. I mean, it doesn't hurt to do the research, but again, it's it's everybody's needs are going to be different and no one person, no 10 people are going to be able to tell you what's right and what's wrong. You have to decide that for yourself. Information's good, but at the end, it's what you need, what
0: you want. Right. And you might, for instance, you might want a vehicle with uh, uh, what we what we've, Affectionately referred to as drop tanks, mm-hmm. uh, we have other methods. Uh, I think they're actually probably more sanitary because the problem Absolutely. with doc, drop tanks is they start smelling. Oh and... yeah,
1: you get the film buildup on the inside. Maintenance on those is a pain in the rear, to say the least. As if and cost <laughs> That's later. a turn
0: of a phrase. <laughs> a pain in the rear. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. And... Why well, spend all that money? And so people think. Some people think. Well, I got to have an RV, and so then you look at RV prices right now. And even when I started in 2020, I mean they're ridiculous. They're they're 100. You know, I mean a Ravel is is a van, right? Uh, right. The the Winnebago Ravel is like, I don't know, close to two hundred thousand dollars now. Yeah, but it's built with toothpicks. I mean, with the
1: stress and and and. The... Oh yeah type of travel that we do, those things are going to fall apart yeah, after we, just a couple of months. Put, that weeks. would have fallen
0: apart well, if it was new, it wouldn't have, but eventually, if ten years later, that would have fallen apart on the road to Mitri Lake l- last Potentially. year. Potentially. That, that was two years ago.
1: There are people that have bought brand new rigs and a month later, they're, oh, I hate this thing. Everything's breaking. Well, you're bouncing down road with potholes that'll swallow a
0: go and, and everybody has to. I mean, we're not telling you much other than, I think people should just do it, but don't, don't bring a tent. I mean,
1: well, bring a tent, and, and like I said, it's it's subjective. So you get here this early in the season when the critters are still around, sleep in your rig. When it cools off and everything's gone to sleep, by all means, sleep in your tent. But be smart about it. Yeah, and
0: and, and people, I mean, I, the questions that we've got, we've gotten a lot of, we've gotten a lot of criticism as well. But we, I just wanted to say, well, you know, I think some of the things. Well, actually, I've certain things that I said regarding certain people who exhort people to move to come out here in their cars and we were pretty adamant about that i've actually gotten a lot of positive response to that. oh
1: same here and a lot of people are happy that we called that individual out because he's making a lot of money on this and people are suffering as a result because they think it's easy and it is not easy
0: yeah you have bad days and good days you and have good days you, have bad and day, bad day. you gotta go you know what it's just a bad day things aren't working you know it's rough it's cold or it's wet i mean it gets cold out here that's the other thing about a tent winter is cold even though it seems weird but the desert is an inhospitable environment absolutely i mean
1: it can drop down to 25 degrees out here and the wind is whipping at 30 40 miles an hour it's bitter cold you know yeah you don't have the damp you don't have the snow but you're still going to get cold so bring your winter jacket, bring a hat, bring gloves. Plan accordingly. Bring,
0: find some way to bring food. Now I just got a refrigerator last year, and it, it's a game changer. I got my refrigerator; it's an amazing addition. But you have to have extra power because you can't just run the refrigerator for your battery all night. So now we're having the whole. We are going through. Mike and I are just going through the whole power conversation at Infinitum, and then when we sit around the fire, that's all we, we talk about: batteries, we talk about power systems, we talk about you know, human waste (laughs) (laughs) and the receptacles, they're (laughs) all, and we talk about what other people are doing and what's, why is that guy doing that? You know, and that kind of thing. And you're just learning, you know, by watching what goes on and there's, there's other kinds of conversations, but it's an ongoing thing. It's like, literally like, it's like, I don't, people could tell me, you need to do this. People, my friend told me to get a refrigerator five years ago. More than that. And I was like, blah, blah, blah. now here I am with a refrigerator. I think it's the greatest thing ever. But I mean, I, I wasn't ready to get one because right. I was worried I was going to run the batteries down, which I would have done.
1: Right. And being stranded with a dead battery in the middle of nowhere by yourself is not a good thing. That's one of those. It's happened. That's one of those potentially fatal positions.
0: True. That's true. I didn't even think about that. I don't want to encourage them. I don't want to encourage no, them. No, no. I've, I've gotten
1: know. messages from people, you know, you're an inspiration to me. And that's the last thing I want to be as an inspiration to somebody. This is a personal journey. Don't try to follow my path because it might not work for you. This is my path, my journey.
0: It's about finding your own path. There you whatever go. Whatever that is. And it, if it's an a tent, don't listen to me. I mean, I wouldn't do a tent. But if you've camped in a tent for your whole life and you're not intimidated and you're not worried about tarantulas or whatever... Go for it. Yeah. It's fine. But uh, as far as... Yeah. And now, I know you and I know that you try to help people all the time. That's your mission. When possible. You, your big hairy ass goal is is to help people. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> I do. But, I mean, I do. I do. I will help people. But... I don't believe in giving advice because it's a personal journey. And,
1: and Right, and I agree with that. I'm not going to give advice. I might help you find lines of uh, information. Or introduce you to people who know more than I do. But I'm not going to come out and say, oh, I know exactly what's going oh, on. Or
0: we'll help you get unstuck,
1: you know. And, yeah, and, and stuff and I, like that.
0: I'm going to mention Big O as one of the guys that did contribute to the Bob Davis podcast recently. And Big O, he's got a, a, he's got a little, uh, what's that Chevy little van? Astro. Yeah, he's got a little Chevy Astro van full of mechanical supplies. And, you know, uh, hydraulic lifts and everything else. Yeah, he's, he's, he is willing to help anyone. Great guy and you know shout out to big o and ron um because they're right down the road uh but uh you know i think it's one of the things that's admirable and and uh, you know i remember well one of the things when we met we we spent three days trying to dig our friend alicia out of uh, the dust down uh, at Mentry lake oh yeah and we finally got you know who to help us out to, to basically build a road to her vehicle and then and then drag her out. And then what did she do? She, <laughs> she went right back in there and made a U-turn and we were <laughs> standing there with our hands our at hands our head.
1: Almost had a heart attack.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, he's very willing to help people. And, and I think that's the main thing. You will find that that people are very willing to help and very willing to, quote unquote, give advice. The question is, are you going to listen or do you have ears yet to hear certain kinds of advice? And is that advice going to work for you? And
1: also being able to filter out, should you listen? Well, that's... Yeah, exactly. You know, because you get somebody who says, oh, I've been doing this for 20 years and they've been out here for two months. You don't know. You don't know what they're saying is actually accurate. So use your filter.
0: Yeah. You got to think about stuff for a while. I have learned to just think for a long time. Now, I don't want to say what we're working on. Basically, we're working on an idea. Uh, that's a power idea it kind of let's just say it's an alternative to solar but there's a lot of pieces that go into let's do this before i spend 350 dollars for the thing and then another 70 dollars for the other thing and the wires and the pipes and all the stuff we're we're working on
1: right you got to it, bounce that around a bit a know? lot
0: you got to really think it through and then you got to talk to some people who really know what they're you know might know more than any of us and there's someone that that i just texted he hasn't he's probably like oh god
1: (laughs) (laughs) all i can say is if you decide to come out here it can be a good life but you're gonna have struggles and that's anywhere that's city life that's nomad life that's corporate life true you're you're not gonna
0: outrun struggles no matter where you go well the other thing for me is uh you know You say, well, Courtside is a beautiful little town, and and I think it is too. But it just so you know, Courtside is like a big truck stop. It's it's not, it is not a little town with a gazebo in the main square and the courthouse and all that. That is not this town. This is a hard scrabble, and it always has been from from day one. Remember, I told you about the two sisters that stopped. It used to be called Tyson's Well. Because there was a well here, and Mm -hmm. it was the only source of water between Tucson and Phoenix, or whatever it was, or or Los Angeles, wherever they are Yeah, it was a rest stop. So these two sisters spent, uh, they came here and spent a couple nights here, and they called it a melancholy place (laughs) where melancholy things happen. That
1: can be true. That can be true. It's like being under the big top at a circus. There's all kinds of weird
0: and bizarre and goofy stuff goofy yeah that's a good line and then of course they have a tent city with all kinds of you know you can buy anything you can think of that you would ever use in your rv Mm -hmm. and then when they have the rv show the town and there's certain people that do a get together here Mm -hmm. or what i guess you call it a big meetup for a certain group of people between the rv show the tent city the campers that are out here in these gigantic ltvas and the um, the people that come to town for the RV show, as well as the other group, it gets... We just don't even go into town when that happens. <laughs> no. It's literally not. like New York. You can't even get up Stock to... Stock
1: the... up on supplies the week before and just lock yourself
0: in your rig. So that's kind of cool. And I am also aware that back in the day, in the 80s, apparently there were a lot more people out here. And the, the new more generation... More of the
1: wealthy people. This was kind of like the secret area. A lot of NASA guys, a lot of JPL guys used to come out here. Really? and it their families that kind of let it out of the bag Well, but yeah the ltba was established in what 1983 to handle the overflow of people that were coming in so kudos to them for that because here we are
2: right
0: again another another statement regarding you should all be nomads well thank thank god for the usda and the department of agriculture because we wouldn't
1: have this if they wouldn't step up and uh and, and designate the
0: area for us. As crazy as it is, and even with the 16,000-page rule book that no <laughs> one reads. Yeah, so if you want to make contributions to the Bob Davis Podcast, you can do so at the thebobdavispodcast.com. There's a donate window, and then there's a little little yellow uh, donate button underneath the picture of mobile podcast command. On the right-hand side, if you're on a computer, if you're on your phone, it's at all the way to the bottom of the screen. So if you're using iOS, you got to go all the way to the bottom of the screen. Uh, Thanks for for your contributions. I will give, I'm doing the big anniversary deal uh, next, and so I'll do all the thank yous in that one. There's a bunch of people to thank because it's been quite a journey, and I'm sure it will continue, and I'm super excited about that. Thanks for listening to podcast 11, what did I say, 1118? I think I did.
1: My memory is like that of a, I can't remember.
0: I think it's 1118. (laughs) (laughs) Fix it in post. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) Thanks for listening, and uh, that's it.
2: Yes, the same kind of story Seems to come down from long ago Two friends having coffee together When something flies by their window It might be out on that lawn Which is wide at least half of the playing field Because there's no explaining what your imagination can make you see and feel Somebody wants nothing You've you me hypnotized. hypnotized Now it's not a meaningless question To ask if they've been and gone I remember a talk about North Carolina In a strange, strange pond You see, the sides were like glass In the thick of a forest without a road And if any man's hand ever made that land Then I think it would have showed And that's why it seems like a dream they got me hypnotized.